Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked on Flames. The Flames have gone streaking. Yes, they have gone on yet another three-game losing streak for the third time this season. Last night, they managed to steal a point from the Habs in a shutout, thanks to Jacob Markstrom. Your Locked on Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of Locked On Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and today we are going to be talking about last night's game against the Canadians and today's meeting with the Board of Governors. Before we jump into today's episode, though, I do want to remind you to subscribe to Lockdown Flames wherever you get your podcasts. We are completely free on Apple, Audible, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, and of course, free 99 over on YouTube as well. Last night, the Flames... <laughs> They lost in a shutout. Yes, they did. But it was a very chaotic game. I truly feel like there is no other way to describe the game other than chaotic. Uh, Yes, they lost. But it was a fantastic game for Jacob Markstrom. And I think that that really secured the point from, you know, for them to even be able to walk away with a point. Uh, Mackenzie Weger and Elias Lindholm were both out and Connor Mackey slotted in. And then, you know, it was a very hard game to watch. I don't know how many of us made it through, but we did. But let's talk about the positive first before we dive down that rabbit hole. Jacob Markstrom. He is so back. Last night, he's, he had 36 saves, which is a season high. Yeah, the Flames lost, but to see him... Making the saves that he was making on top of the the quality shots that he was stopping and him being able to track the puck so well was fantastic. You know, you love to see it. And of course, you know, Jonathan Huberto scored the only Flames goal. But we do have to talk about some some of the negative stuff. Um, I would call these like the flubs of the game, except this first one really isn't a flub. It is an unfortunate accident. Chris Tanev uh, got the puck, like a slap shot to like the neck, head, ear area. And he hit the ground like a ton of bricks. And that had to have been so scary for him, for everyone on the ice, for the trainers, you know, everyone there, obviously. But as a fan watching at home, like, that was terrifying. And the way that the the cameras just panned to him, literally eyes closed. Like, he was out cold. And it was it was scary. It was terrifying. I didn't, I mean, obviously, you know, that, that's got to hurt. But my first thought is, oh my god, is he even alive? And I know that's like so morbid and so drastic to think about, but you, the brain is a very, very strange thing sometimes. But he was, he went to the hospital, he was cleared to fly home, which 
it's, it's fine, I guess. I don't know how you fly after a traumatic brain injury like that, but at least there was no signs of bleeding, swelling so far. And I uh, believe he was going to the hospital today in Calgary to be further tested. And um, since the team was off today, we will have more updates tomorrow, which is good. And uh, please don't rush him back. Concussions are so scary and you really don't want to see any long-term damage when it comes to them. But now back to the flubbing. Connor Mackey. Connor Mackey gets ragdolled by Michael Pazetta and I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what to say other than Please don't ever do that again. I think that Mackie was trying to make a point that he belonged in the roster or belonged, you know, in the lineup rather because he had been scratched for the last month. But at the same time, don't do it again. Please don't don't try to fight. I, I don't know. Maybe ask Lucic for some tips or something because... I had, like, three different people send me a video of him fighting, quote-unquote fighting, and I was like, oh, um, yeah, so what What do you want me to do here? But no, um, and also just, you don't need to do that. You really don't need to do that. Uh, another abysmal aspect to this game last night was the penalties. The penalties were horrible. Seven. 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 <laughs> that is bad. Taking seven penalties in one game is horrible. I believe James Johnson, uh, JJ from the win column, tweeted that the Flames had 19 penalties in the last two and a half games uh, last night during the game. And then obviously racked up more afterwards. And that's that's horrendous. And they really need to get that together because, you know, it's going to cost you games. Uh, the kill was successful um, six out of the seven times. So, you know, good job, I guess. I, I don't know. Got to give credit to Jacob Markstrom for this whole night, really. Um, <laughs> not going to lie to you. He is the reason that the game went to a shout-out. And we just we got to give him all the love that he deserves here. But coming up next, we are going to talk about the Board of Governors meeting, and then wrap it up with some more Flames assumptions because I love making assumptions. But before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline is your number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. They have your info, your stats, and news and analysis for you when you want to place your bet. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season, NBA, and World Cup, they've got you covered at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts and want to mix in a few new shows, you can find them at BetOnline as well. And they are the fastest and easiest way to bring you betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. As always, thank you so much for tuning in uh, to Locked on Flames. It is greatly appreciated. I 
can't thank you all enough for making 2020 a fantastic year uh, and riding the wave of the chaotic flames season, especially off season. And I look forward to what the remainder of this season has in store for us. Boy, oh boy. I, I have such a love-hate relationship with this sport sometimes because it's days like today when the Board of Governors meeting, like, news comes out from that and you're just like, how is this a professional sports league? How is this being ran? And if you don't know what the Board of Governors is, it's uh, every NHL owner and the chairperson, Jeremy Jacobs, who owns the Boston Bruins, feels like a conflict of interest, get together discussing the business side of things like cap space, ads, adding more games, playoff format. Um, It is truly just a bunch of rich men in a room talking. And the the biggest thing that I think people have been talking about um, even before this meeting was the escrow debt and, of course, the increase in salary cap. So Dan Rosen from NHL.com reports, if the escrow debt is not repaid by the end of the season, the salary cap would rise $1 million next season and instead increase significantly for the 2024-2025 season. That is crazy to think that that, (laughs) 2024, my goodness. Okay. Um, the salary cap could raise, could be raised up to $4 million once the debt is paid off. And that's significant. You know, you look at players that, uh, will have to be re-signed by then, or, um, the quote unquote inflation of contracts. You know, we've seen players go from making three point something to, five point something and like the same quality of play and whatnot. So, you know, like defensemen making double digit numbers and more and more forwards making 10, $11 million. I'm very curious to see if we will see a $12 million deal. I, I, I am, uh, we'll have to see. And do we ever see a $15 million deal? I know that's a lot of money or, you know, are we going to start seeing more top line forwards making 10, $11 million? Is that going to be the new, um, you know, kind of standard, but my, (laughs) oh my gosh, my favorite thing that I saw discussed today were the digital ads and Gary Bettman talking about how they took a fan poll and it shows that uh, they're not distracting And that they don't interfere with uh, the watch experience. Have you ever seen anyone say anything positive about the ads? Like the digital ads? I think that they are so distracting. I think that there's the Ram and Jeep ones are so dark and like, in your face that I feel like changing them during play is not uh, realistic. I don't think that that is something that should be done. I think that it, you know, you we've literally watched players get like absorbed by the digitalness of the ads on our screens. 
And I don't think that it is realistic to say that it doesn't interfere or they're not distracting because they are, in fact, quite distracting. Um, you know, I'm sure that it's going to take time to get used to, just like anything else, just like how people complained about the jersey patches or or the ads on the jerseys and, you know, the ad sticker on the helmet. Like, that, to me, that that was silly. That was silly to complain about. But it's the the digital ads. I feel like it is such an interference and it it could be a refined experience. There is a way for them to fix it. But again, that would limit the amount of revenue that they are making from these ads because it would just be during stoppages of play and whatnot. But again, uh, Gary Bettman sees no issue with the playoff format. They really don't see them expanding the season, which I agree with, because there's no point in expanding the season. I think that 82 games is plenty. This is a very physical sport. It is a demanding sport. And, you know, I just think that if we could cut it back, we, we, we would never, but we could. And I am always blown away by um, the NHL uh, Player Association and their negotiations. Uh, people were talking about, oh, well, there's going to be a lockout if they don't get this. No, I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, I, I mean, there's always a chance for a lockout, but nothing that they talked about today seemed, you know, impending. There wasn't any doom going on there, but... Again, that's just my opinion, and I'm here to talk hockey with y'all. And coming up next, we are going to do some, I guess, assumptions, some predicting ahead of tomorrow's game against the Canucks. And thank you so much for tuning in to Locked on Flames. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. Today was an off day, so we didn't get any updates, um, which is fine. There was no media availability. Today was a rest day, and I'm sure the team needed it. You know, playing on the road is hard. It's a lot of travel, wear and tear on the body. Um, I believe they played a back-to-back during this. Yeah, the game against the Leafs was on the second half of a back-to-back after losing to the Blue Jackets, so that, you know, you're struggling uh, to win and you're probably exhausted because two of those three games went to overtime and to shootouts. So, you know, you played some extra hockey and plus the time zones. I don't know how anyone who travels like that for a career or for work or whatever can just like be okay in different time zones. So many different times a week or a month. I, I don't know, but that again, just my opinion. Um, I would assume that Chris Tanev is out tomorrow and Uyghur's back and um, we see Mackie in the lineup again. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a an expert on how recalls work, but I don't think that anything would have to I, – I don't think – Things would have to be done tonight. I think that it would be like an announcement tomorrow morning saying like Nick DeSimone was recalled from 
Calgary Wranglers and things like that. So uh, definitely keep an eye out on AHL transactions and I will have you um, updated on Twitter at Jess Belmosto as well. Um, again, I, I really don't know how long Matthew Phillips's leash is, but I don't think that the penalty he took in overtime last night really helped his case. I understand that they are giving, you know, the kids a chance and they're just going to continue to scratch Lucic, but how, how long does that go on for before Sutter has had enough of players generating true scoring chances and Matthew Phillips's net front presence and playing down low, like a certain other five, nine hockey player that the flames used to have did, you know, it's just certain things like that, that kind of get me thinking. And of course, you know, that, that Brett Ritchie line last night looked horrendous. Trevor Lewis had a very big hit on uh, Cole Caulfield last night and uh, Caulfield actually had to leave the game because of it. I believe it was a clean hit. It wasn't anything dirty or anything like that. So um, at least he's out there throwing his body around and he had a goal the other night and I don't want to get too excited or read too much into this, but I don't know, maybe putting Trevor Lewis on a line with two younger guys has kind of lit a fire under him. I don't know how you do that with a guy his age, but they did. (laughs) Again, I guess that's something we can look out for tomorrow night against the Canucks. Flames got to win. You can't lose to the Canucks, please. Please. (laughs) The Canucks are in shambles. And have been in shambles all season. You you have to come out on top in this one and do something. Do something to make people look, to watch. Yeah, because I, I don't know. You, you can't embarrass yourselves like that. But that is all I have for today. And I will be back tomorrow with uh, some more updates on Chris Tanev. Any AHL recalls and... Maybe some predictions. Who knows? But thank you all for tuning into today's episode of Locked on Flames. Remember, you can follow the show wherever you get your podcasts um, for free. And same on YouTube as well. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. Have a great weekend. Nope, it is only Tuesday.